Welcome to Hand Therapy Heroes, the premier podcast on hand and upper extremity rehabilitation. As a worldwide educator and developer of best-in-class hand therapy content, Susan Weiss, occupational therapist and certified hand therapist, brings you an array of hand therapy specialists, hand care solutions, and more. Welcome to Hand Therapy Heroes. I am super excited for today. We have a wonderful guest with us, Dr. Phillips. He is a hand surgeon, elbow surgeon, shoulder, wrist, everything brilliant surgeon that I'm super excited to have here today. And he practices in London. So this is a cool session because we're on totally different time zones, but we were able to coordinate it with a few glitches uh, originally because of patients getting in the mix. But I am so thrilled that we have him here today to talk to us about something really cool that lots of therapists are learning about and lots of surgeons are starting to incorporate into their practice. He has a subspecialty interest in local anesthetics with adrenaline using the wide awake hand surgery approach, which I think several of you have expressed an interest in on um, various sources on exploring hand therapy. So that is going to be our focus for today. And he co-founded this procedure uh, term Waylint with Dr. Don Lalonde from Canada. And his mission is to help educate the world in less expensive and more efficient surgical techniques. So to before we dive into that, I would love to have him share with us a little bit about his interest in exciting development into the his career of hand and upper extremity surgery as a whole and then his specialty niche so welcome hi hi thank you very much for the invitation much appreciated susan you're welcome so would you like to share with us how you started in hand and upper extremity surgery in general sure um i've always liked to do things that other people don't want to do <laughs> So um, apart from orthopedics, which it seems that when I was applying for jobs, everybody wanted to do, um, nobody wanted to do hand surgery in my training region. So I said, okay, well, if I want a job in six years time, I'd better do that. Uh, and the people I was working with, as so often we are influenced by, uh, my hand surgery bosses were just, just really relaxed. And I'm sure as hand therapists out there would understand and, and can identify with, Hand surgeons tend to be a little bit different. We, um, we're, we're usually pretty relaxed. We're very particular. We like our things to be done properly as, as uh, you know, everything's one millimeter away from everything else, isn't it? But um, we, we are generally more relaxed and uh, I think our hip surgery colleagues can keep the big hammers, uh, but we'll just go with our little knives and forks. Um, so that suited my personality because uh, I'm quite particular and I like things to be done properly and uh, it uh, jobs wise was really difficult because there's not that many consultant jobs in the UK um, uh, they don't come up very often um, so you can't really just pick and choose where you want to work so it's often by word of mouth uh, and the fellowship that I did was in Southampton um, and uh, just one little correction and I work in Southampton, which is on the coast, right down at the bottom of the UK. Um, and it's a major trauma centre, and uh, we deal with all the big major trauma as well. So, oh, very interesting. Um, I enjoy all that. And actually, I don't get a huge amount of opportunity to do Wallant, but um, when I can, I do. 
and it's completely changed my world. So uh, from hand surgery to elbows to feet to everything, really. Um, and uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's just awesome fun. What specifically is it and how did it even come about? What's the history sure. of what? Um, so wide awake local anesthesia, no tourniquet was a term coined in the American Hand Society, what's called their list serve, uh, which is their forum for uh, uh, email forum for questions and things like that. Um, and Don took up the mantle and lectured to us at the English Hand Society, the British Hand Society in September 14, roughly. And I just got totally inspired. Uh, no, it must have been, gosh, it must have been before that. It must have been 2012. Um, because then I went to see him in 2014, um, persuaded him uh, to write the book, which he asked me to contribute to, which was awesome, called Wide Awake Can Surgery. Um, and I can thoroughly recommend that. Don gets, uh, none of us get any royalties from it, it all goes to charity, um, to the American Hand Society charity. And uh, after talking to Don and just hearing the way he was so passionate about what he was doing, but he used evidence to, to, to prove what he did was right. And, uh, you know, adrenaline in fingers has been an absolute no-no for about 50 years. Uh, and a lot of people will say, but these guys are crazy. And in France, in France, adrenaline is illegal. Really? Yeah, so you're not legally allowed to use it. Obviously, people do, but it, there is a law against it, which is just incredible if you think about it in this day and age, with absolutely no evidence behind it. So Don's produced a lot of the evidence. Uh, he is ex-president of the American Hand Society, so he's very influential and uh, got a lot of friends invited and involved. Um, some big names like Peter Ree and Mark Barrett and people like that, who, who uh, Alex Shin at the Mayo Clinic, you know, everybody's sort of picking up the mantle and running with it and doing their own thing. Um, and then I had to have my own hand surgery last year. Uh, so it, I ruptured a, a radial collateral ligament on my index finger uh, in the middle of an operation, actually. Oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah, quite. I was a bit shocked at the time. I tried to treat it non-operatively. I had some beautiful splints made uh, and did all my treatments properly, but it ruptured six months later fully. So... Um, one of the regrets in my life is I went on to have a general anaesthetic uh, and I came out of plaster 10 days later and uh, I ruptured my sagittal band. <laughs> he said, make a, I chose my surgeon really carefully as well. Um, and he said, make a fist and I made a fist and my sagittal band just went ping. So he tried to rehab me for four months and I thought on the whole that was probably not what I would have done. So I went to somebody else and they did it wide awake. Uh, I filmed it. Um, I did see that on your site that yeah, you, you yeah. guys have. That was fine. I, I usually start all my lectures off with, and this is my hand. <laughs> um, but, but it was amazing because it, it was just a completely seminal moment in my life, in my career. Um, and, 
yeah, for many reasons that I wasn't expecting. And I think that's something I'd really like to touch on if you'd let me. I'd love to hear more about that. Because, so we as surgeons, um, we, we look at outcome measures. We look at experience measures, so PROMs and PREMs, patient reported outcome measures and patient reported uh, experience measures. We look at DASH scores, EQ5D and all these scores. And they're all really surgeon centric. I know they sound very patient centric, but, but a lot of them are really not. And they don't measure patient satisfaction often. They don't measure actually whether that patient is happy that they've had the operation. So you, know, you can have a terrible operation, but if it takes away their pain and they're happy, then is that a successful operation, even though they're really stiff? Mm-hmm. If the patient is happy, then that's different. That, that, that's a marker of a good outcome. So uh, that's what we have traditionally always done. But then if you see your operation and you're watching it, or even if you see it at the end, and at the, end, at the beginning of the operation, your hand's not working, and then at the end of the operation, you see it working, you know you can make a full fist, you know you can do whatever you want to do, and you know the stitches are doing their job, that was the most powerful thing that I had ever, ever encountered. It was extraordinary. The self-affirmation almost that you can do Absolutely. it, and especially in your, in your case where you had many months of not being able yeah. to see it work properly, to actually see it work properly must have been... Fabulous. Well, you know, I've always wanted to be a hand surgeon. And then for four months, I was looking at the end of my career, which it was pretty scary. Mm-hmm. Um, so that got me onto thinking about qualitative benefits. We're back. Excellent. Where, where did you leave me? I guess I left you at qualitative measures, which is where uh, we got yeah. a little disconnected. We had a little jump out. So. It is about 3,000, 4,000 miles between us. That's all. So, yeah. So it was like this uh, eye-opening experience for you. That, and then you were looking at the qualitative measures and, and mm. assessment of how it kind of changed your practice from that. Well, purely because if, if the patient's lying there and you engage them with the surgery, then you, you've, you've engaged them before surgery, talking about options, which we all have to do, and we have to talk to the patient, so you can have no surgery, you can have this type of surgery, what would you like? And the patient always says, well, what would you do? And we say, no, 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 that's not the question, you need to answer it. So we, we like to inform patients, instead of just telling them what they need these days, and that's absolutely right, but then we don't engage them in the, in the operation. Mm-hmm. Um, I did an audit when I was a fellow in Derby and and we uh, worked out that 40% of patients who turned up to hand therapy had no idea what operation they'd had done. And and yet, I let my patients use social media during the surgery. I love that. That's fantastic. So they're tweeting and Instagramming and um and all sorts of things during the operation and if there's something interesting i get them to watch you know if they're if you fix the flexors or whatever uh and i often get them to give their phone to my junior or the nurse or somebody and then you get a really good video of it because then they can take that to you guys and say look this is my operation this is and you go 
oh okay so if you've put fpl there and that's look at all that synovitis yeah okay that's all stuck there so although you had a full fist at the end of the operation with no pain that may have an influence on your on what you can do afterwards so so i think for me with all the clinical benefits that i could talk about the the really big one is patient engagement i mean that's huge because the patient can actually see the functionality where especially yep. if they've been long term unable to see that once they are able to affirm that they can actually do something that in itself is probably more than half the battle with them well imagine having two patients come to you one of who knows that they've had an operation and one of them can show you what they've had done and they watched it and they know that their hand works that they just instantly engage with you better and actually we talk about a 50 50 relationship with surgeons and therapists <laughs> i think i can do a terrible operation and you can rehab them back to perfect so um i think it's a much more skewed percentage than that but, uh, very kind um, yeah, and actually it was a hand therapist from South Africa, Robin, who, who, who asked me the other day, she said, you know, what do you think about this? What's the big thing? What, why does Wallant work? And I think, I think it, it is clinically, you can check your repairs and all the things that we extol the virtues of for flexor tendons and things like that. But I think the, the biggest thing is then you really are truly putting the patient at the center you're informing them before surgery, you're letting them make the decisions and you're, you're getting them to feel like they are making the decisions, even though you can tell them really what they need. <laughs> um, and then during the surgery, they're helping. We're talking to them and chatting to them. You know, you've got music on, we're having a laugh. And uh, they know at the end of the operation what I've said. So now they're in charge of all the information that I know about their hand. And then they take that to you. They're in charge. And if they leave surgery, knowing that they can do a full fist, then the only thing stopping them afterwards is pain. Mm -hmm. Which you, you know, look after for a few days and gradually that gets better and then they can do more. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a weird thing. Personally, I must say it was very weird watching it, uh, but it was great fun as well. I mean, I know you mentioned that you don't get to practice it regularly um, because of the caseload that you have. Who wouldn't be applicable for the use of the procedure then that you're not able to utilize it with? Sure. Um, people, so I've got a worldwide network of, of friends who, who use it, and some of them do have done it as young as six years old. But I think to kids, you have to really pick it. You have to pick the ones that, that use, you use it with. Uh, if you've got the right kid, they're even more engaged than the adults, which is brilliant because they don't have the same preconceptions. Mm -hmm. um, it, some people ask to go to sleep, but most of the time now, if I'm doing well, if I'm doing a flexor, I say, I do these under local. You'll have to find another surgeon to do it under general. Um, because I, I just won't do it anymore. Mm -hmm. um, uh, there are a few clinical contraindications, um, such as poor perfusion to the fingers, because you are closing those blood vessels down for a few hours. Um, 
but there's not a single case report in the literature of black finger after lignocaine with adrenaline. So, you know, that's enough said, really. Unfounded fears. Yes, totally. Yeah. People with unstable angina are often quoted, you know, if they have an unstable ischemic heart disease problem, then, you know, that, that seems reasonable. But if you've got unstable angina, you should be in a hospital being treated anyway. So <laughs> not for your hand problem. Right, exactly. <laughs> so how many practitioners do you think are across the world utilizing it? My world is very skewed. <laughs> um, everybody I know uses it um, to, a, to a certain degree, but I, I think it's a very small minority. Very small. Yeah, I think it's probably only around 5 or 10%. Um, a lot of people are becoming more aware of it. But I think there is a huge world out there, not in America, in Europe. And they are craving for information. So the website that I made while I was off, surgery, little plug there, um, has, is, is for therapists and surgeons, very much for the both. And it has everything, a whole university in there, all about Wallant. Yeah, and it's wonderful. You just go to the site and you can sign up in seconds and then you're like uh, exposed to hundreds of cases and great, yep. beautiful content. And it definitely, everybody listening to this needs to go on there and not overload the, the server, but <laughs> so take your time. But it is well, so wonderful. So, so just as an example of that, I've got about 5,000 connections on LinkedIn and probably a third of those are surgeons and a third are therapists. Mm -hmm. On the website, we are at 1991, I think it is. So 1,991. So we're about to hit the 2,000 registrations mark. So that's just hand therapists and surgeons. So, that's, you know, that's, pretty nice. that's a lot of people who are interested in, in Wallan. How does, of the number of people, yeah. How would do the surgeons that we as therapists can uh, explain some of this details to our surgeons and we yeah. have great, most of us have great relationships with our surgeons. Yeah. How would the surgeons then learn more or do they need to be certified to practice this or how do they get their certifications or do you guys offer programs for them? Yeah. How does this actually work for them? Um, so there are, pre-course meetings and courses, uh, well, the pre-meeting courses, sorry, at the ASSH. Okay. Um, there was a big Wallant one this year with 27 volunteers, as we're called. Um, uh, and I, I think that there is a bit of a mystique around Wallant, that it's some new, different technique. It, it's not. <laughs> it's just using local anesthetic without a tourniquet, so you need the adrenaline instead of the tourniquet. But you put the local where you would normally put the local and you do the same operation you normally would. And then suddenly you've got a patient who can help you. And so you ask them to help you and it all snowballs from there, really. It, there is no mystique to it. It's, it's very simple. There's a few principles, but that's all explained on the basics video in there. And honestly, that it's so easy to do um you put loads and loads of local anesthetic in um so i had an operation you know around my right index or left index finger but he put 20 mils of local in which sounds like an awful lot but it just it floods everywhere the adrenaline closes the blood vessels down 
easy. It's honestly not difficult, truly not difficult. I'm actually training one of my nurses to put my local in now. Oh my goodness, that's wonderful. And I can sit in theater. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, it, when you're talking about the anesthesia and the being local, it was. It, I just recently had a, a, a little skin cancer removed on my face, mm -hmm. and they. I'm thinking that they must have done use of that procedure because they. I was literally laying there, and they did some injections. I didn't like really think too much about it. I was just worried about how they're going to close this gaping yeah. hole. There was a big, huge hole in my face and I wasn't asleep. I was wide awake. Yep. So yep. it's called Mohs, M-O-H-S. Yep. So I'm, yep. I'm assuming that's using a wide awake, obviously, procedure with... That's ex it's exactly the same stuff. And that's where Don got a lot of the confidence to go forwards with it from Mohs surgeons who were doing it in the treatment room. You didn't have to get changed and go into a massive theater, I'm assuming. No, and it was, it was yeah. zero pain. Yeah. I was thinking, when is this going to hurt? All I felt yeah. was pressure, and it was so simple. And the next day, when they actually did reconstruct the, the big hole, because he didn't do that part, I, I, they put me to sleep. I'm like, and I felt awful afterwards, you mm -hmm. know, the normal anesthesia mm -hmm. post-yuck feeling. And that ties into some of the principles that we like to extol, such as never hurting your patients. If you don't hurt your patients, so I use 27 gauge needles, which are teeny tiny. They're very long, but they're very, very thin and fine. They're like the dental needles that, that dentists use. And we've stolen, a, they use one in 80,000 adrenaline. We use one in 100,000 or one in 200,000. So it's very similar stuff. You can't put a tourniquet on a tooth. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, they have to use adrenaline right um so but but not hurting patients really really key um giving them the confidence and the way you talk to your patients does involve some emotional intelligence on the surgeon's part so it's not for everybody because uh, we all differ in our emotional intelligence um as i'm sure we can all uh, admit to and uh it, it, it really does help if you've had surgery yourself. I truly believe that. Empathy is a wonderful thing. You don't have to have had surgery to have it, but it helps. Um, so I think, it, I think just treating them like human beings and like they are at the center. So if you were in their shoes, what would you have done? Um, and we talk about that, but actually really putting yourselves in their shoes is, is an enlightening experience. Yeah, I, I, it's it's incredible that you know something so utilized, so commonplace, wasn't really even considered for the clientele base with it with the hand. It's absolutely exploded in some places. People are doing collarbone fractures with the patient wide awake, and you fix it, and you go right, lift your arm up, and they go okay. There's one guy in Malaysia, Amir uh, Amir Adham. He's uh, He's done tibial fractures, ankle fractures, elbows, shoulders, anything. He just does it all wide awake because he can't get into main theater. Mm -hmm. What you'll find is, and the people listening to this, you will find that a lot of your surgeons will make up a lot of excuses as to why you shouldn't do it or why they don't want to do it. So one of the big reasons I can't do a lot of it is because I operate three floors below where my patients come in. So I'm on level C, they're on level F, 
waiting for their operation. So I can't nip out in between cases and put the local in for the next case. So I have to structure my list so that my Wallank cases are at the beginning. And you know, an hour or two after I've injected, they'll come down and, and, and have their operation. But Amir can't get into theater at all because he hasn't got enough anesthetists in theater space. So he does them in the treatment rooms under local. So he doesn't need an anesthetist. Whereas in Belgium, their anesthetists are really, really powerful. So they don't do a lot of Wallant. Well, they, they, they're trying, but their anesthetist is employed by the surgeon to do that list. So unless you have a whole list of local anesthetics, your surgeon is employed for a session, not for a case. That makes sense. So yeah, that makes sense. So there's other players that could not necessarily want the yeah. technique yeah. to to be known by the people that yeah. could utilize it because uh, it will cut them out of the deal in a short exactly, version of that. Yeah, and it's about money. It's it goes about back money. to money. Private practice is is a is a bit of a killer for Wallant in some ways. In the UK, we've actually arranged with our insurance companies that if we put the local anaesthetic in, you get a twenty five percent uplift because they're not having to pay the anesthetic fee. Right, it would be a huge savings really so, for the insurance yeah. companies, yeah. not so much for the people who are providing the procedures and the, the facilities if they're not getting, if people are just going yeah. to the local office and having surgeries in the chair like I did for my face, it cuts out you know, the other people. You know, in the States, the, the practice is much more private-based, private as opposed to state-based. Um, so clinics and and, uh, and hospitals, etc. Um, and I, I'm not that familiar with the ins and outs, the nitty gritty of it. But you know, Wallant is so a, a two milliliter vial of local anaesthetic costs two dollars. <laughs> Twenty millimeter vial costs two dollars. So I could do the whole of my operation anaesthetic wise cost two dollars. Incredible. So, so we've got a, a friend in Cyprus, uh, Constantinos, um, and he offers Wallant to his private patients over there. Um, and they, they're leaping at it because it costs them less money. It shaves a thousand pounds, thousand euros off the bill. And I mean, in the US too, there are a fair amount of people that still don't have any coverage. So they would definitely, if they need procedures, be able to seek out a, a provider that could do this for them, it would save them a lot of money. Exactly. So is, is there a list of Wayland providers? Have you have so, that? Do you have that yet? That's beautifully uh, sat in my lap because <laughs> that's a project I'm working on. Um, I think that would be I've, so wonderful as a, you know, as a uh, therapist and a, other practitioner yeah. to have that information because we do run into people that can't have procedures done because of yep. their either their insurance coverage or their lack of insurance. So I've got uh, my two Annas. I've got an Anna in Spain and an Anna in Canada. And my two Annas are trainees, uh, hand surgery trainees who are building a list of American and European and then hopefully expanding that. And oh, oh, I'm going to put those on a map. So on the website, so you'll be able to find your local Wallant hand surgeon. And the more people that find out about it and they can add their own names to it and all that sort of thing. So, I yeah, love that. That's, that's so, I'm super excited for that. I'm sure that many practitioners will love to be able to refer their patients to the site in order to get that 
information yeah. because that's yeah. that's groundbreaking for people. Yeah. Well, it, I think it is. I think that you know, it's not just a surgical technique. It's a complete change in mindset. It's a mindset. I, I yeah. totally agree. You know, especially after you explaining it more about that engagement and the the fact that the patients are able to engage with their own social media, it just. <laughs> It, it really does that changes it like it's not so yeah. scary in a sense it's yeah. like yeah i'm having surgery it's like yeah we're going to the park we're having yeah. surgery this is good i'm going to be yeah. so much better so it it it's really cool i mean it so, really so, does so i watched i watched the video my own video of my hand working i see that every day in my head every day since i had it 18 months ago i see that in my head whenever i look at my hand uh, it, it's really powerful image as well Whereas if you wake up after surgery, you don't know what's happened. You don't know if it was a success or not. You don't, you know, it, it's, surgeon always comes up to you and says, yes, of course, everything was absolutely perfect. <laughs> but you don't know that. No, and, they're, and they wake up and they're in either a bulky dressing or a big cast yes, or something absolutely. and it hurt, and it hurts. So they really don't believe you if you yeah. would explain to them, you know, what their emotion was, which of course you weren't able to assess it actively when you're sleeping, but it just, it makes sense on a, on a understanding level. And the way our brains work is our brain does engage with what we see. So it's, as you said, that reinforcement is huge. Well, the, the, the next sort of iterate, the next step to that, taking that to the next extreme is, um, is, is my, my issue which was partly because of what happened to me when I had my cast taken off 10 days in a cast and went to make a fist, everything was stiff. That to me put a lot more pressure on the tissues that I had repaired. So actually it's, it's almost the opposite of what we want. So now I'm starting to think TFCC repairs, ECU reconstruction, subsheath reconstructions, uh, you know, those sorts of ligamentous things, actually, if I know and I can prove in the operation that my, my repair is solid, like a flexor tendon, why am I immobilizing them? Well, that was my next thought was that it's almost yeah. a paradigm shift in how we're going to treat the patients and our quote unquote protocols are yeah. almost null and void when you're doing a procedure where you've actively seeing what's happening why are you going to see that and then put them in a splint for two weeks like you said and then they're going to go to move and destroy something if you create scar tissue which well, i do i leave scar tissue in my wake actually we don't want that scar tissue to mature without or we want it to mature in the way we want it to with movement we don't want it to set and then to try and move because then you're fighting against the scar tissue as well. So actually I think our repairs and things are much more vulnerable if we don't mobilize early. So it, that is a huge paradigm shift because we're all used to protecting the wound and all these sorts of things that our forefathers have taught us, um, bless them. But, uh, and this isn't, I tell you, the, the majority of the people that do this are not, 30 years in hand surgery. Um, there are a few, but they're mostly not. Tend to be the younger sorts. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I think, I think if, if you guys identify somebody who would benefit from it, then 
I can appreciate at the moment it is a bit difficult finding a surgeon, but it's just about asking. And I think if, if you ask those surgeons, do you do all that? Because I've got a patient who could really benefit from it. Awesome. I'd love to hear your stories about that. Yeah, that's, that's going to be, a, I'm just so excited for all the progress you've made and the sharing it with all the practitioners that you're sharing with and posting information on social media and getting more people aware because awareness is the key and then co Absolutely. collecting all the other practitioners as you're working on so diligently is going to make it so much easier for people to get the information that they need. And so that's brilliant. I'm thankful for that and thankful for the time that you've given us today. And if there's any other things that we should know as practitioners, I would love for you to share that with everybody now, if, if there's anything we can do to help, you know, yeah. get the word out or what can we do as hand therapists and hand enthusiasts? Well, I think, I think that communication with your surgeon is absolutely imperative. So if I send a patient to the hand therapist, I always email them or well, I always write in my op note really extensive post-operative instructions. Um, this is what I do want them to do. This is what I don't want them to do. Not that I'm telling you your job. I'm just saying from a, from a repair point of view, please don't do this, but you definitely can do that. Uh, but, but they sometimes ring me and say, are you sure? You know, you really want me to do this? Um, and next Wednesday, I've got a radial sagittal band repair on a middle finger and they're not going into cast. They're not going into splint. They're just going to get moving. They're going to have a, 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 a buddy strap to the to the uh, ring finger but uh, so index but but that's it and moving from day one day and one the therapists are gonna freak <laughs> and the patient's gonna go no 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 it's all right watch this and they'll flick their video out so i think and they they a patient did that the other day and the the pete rang me my therapist uh and and said i've just watched the video and i can totally understand why he can do what he can do so I think that communication with your surgeon is absolutely imperative. But if the surgeon says they can make a full fist, then you just have to believe them. And you just have to say, okay, that tenolysis, the finger moved fully at the end of the operation. So the only thing stopping them now is pain. So let's crack on. Let's crack on. We got to share with each other more Absolutely. case studies, more content for each other to learn from yeah. our experiences. And that is going to make us that much better and get our patients much better more quickly with less pain. The, the other massive ask, if that's at all possible for everybody listening to this, is to video their patients with their consent, obviously, mm -hmm. because if they can video patients, and show the difference. I'd love somebody to stick a video up and show the difference between a Wallamp patient and another patient. It, it would just be sensational because we've got lots of clinical surgical videos out there and uh, we have Wallamp Wednesdays. Well, <laughs> now let's, we, I think we're gonna have um, Therapy Thursdays. That's <laughs> Wallamp Therapy good. Thursdays. I love it. So I really, really, really want any Wallamp patients to be videoed stick them on LinkedIn, hashtag uh, Wallant Therapy Thursdays, uh, and, and we just make it a biggie. Yeah, let's do Wallant Therapy Thursdays with you. And, and for <laughs> those of you who haven't you know, done hashtags, 
got to learn about it and I'm still learning about it. And LinkedIn is a great way to connect with some wonderful resources for learning as well. I've, I've really enjoyed some of meeting some of the people, including you, you on LinkedIn. Thank you so much for spending this time. I'm very, like I said, deeply appreciative and look forward to learning more and spreading the word about your Wayland website. So I have it as wayland.surgery.com. Is that correct? No, no .com at the end. It's the .com is the dot .surgery. So that is just, the dot .surgery. Wayland.surgery yeah. is how they can access and then they can just register and then they're going to be in the, in the program and we can watch for all the exciting new things with the map and everything coming exactly and actually if you just put in wallant into into google it comes up with my website it'll come up with your website yeah thank you so much it will always be free we are a charity now in the uk uh we've got charitable status um and i'm going to go for industry sponsorship and uh get some money together i want I want uh, one-ant fellowships. I want one-ant conferences. It's going to happen. I just instead need to of being a, instead of being a pre-conference, you'll be the conference. Yes, absolutely. That's exactly right. If you locally, anybody listening to this locally has a one-ant surgeon, get them to come to one of your CPD days. You know your update days. Get them to come to your local conferences, regional conferences, because the surgeons need to explain what they do to the therapists and likewise the therapists need to do the same how is hand therapy and we need an advocate we really need a therapy advocate for Wallant to say actually guys if you're doing this surgically we need to do this right because the Definitely clinical the clinical end ultimately will be significantly different as you said yeah. if you're moving in a quite a different fashion as I think you mentioned Robin and she had a couple cases that she posted on LinkedIn of quite a bit of active motion with flexor tendons, which would on many therapists would say, Oh, why would you do that? That's controversial. You don't do that. (laughs) So despite the fact that it may look not as you expect or read or learn in your Mm -hmm. everyday practice, we have to look outside the box because the procedure's outside the box. Yeah, totally. But we know it works, and that's the difference. Any other surgery where you don't get active movement in the, in the operation, it, you don't know it's worked. That's wonderful. Thank you so much again. And we will Absolute definitely pleasure. get therapists posting and I hope so. their information. Definitely. And connect on LinkedIn, uh, connect on Twitter. Absolutely. We will, for sure. Thank you for listening to Hand Therapy Heroes. Please subscribe and leave a five-star review. Visit handtherapy.com and register for our newsletter containing free content and courses about our fascinating hands. Hold hands today for a more functional tomorrow.